The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. So in this teaching series titled In the Beginning, we are going to be examining the purpose of scriptures. We're going to be checking from Genesis and we'll be following from Genesis which is the foundation of Revelation and going through the books. Hallelujah. And going through the books. Amen. Now let's start. The Bible is a Christ-centered book. The Bible is not a book concerning finance. Though we have finance, we have money mentioned there. You do not use the Bible to teach finance. All right. Primarily, you can get some lessons concerning finance there. All right. But primarily, you cannot. The Bible is not a book to teach marriage. Primarily. Yes, there is marriage in the Bible. And if you study properly, you will find out that marriage is present in the Bible for a purpose. And that purpose is to point you to who? To Christ Jesus and the church. Are you seeing this? So you will find certain natural things in scripture. But the reason those natural things there are to illustrate a spiritual reality. So you do not now go and sit down on the natural example and forget what? The spiritual reality. That is why when you are talking about marriage from the epistles, you must connect marriage to the relationship between Christ and what? And the church. Because if you don't do that, you will miss it. Are you following? Come on, are you following? Now let's, let's, uh, let's look at it. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. Second Timothy 3 and verse 15. Now look at the purpose of the Bible. When you read the Bible, where do you arrive at? Or where should you arrive at? Are you there? 2 Timothy, if you don't come with your Bible, you will not get what I'm saying. No. If you don't look at your Bible, you will not understand what I'm saying. Now, can we read from verse 15? One, two, go. It says what? And that from a what? A child. Thou hast known what? Thou hast known what? The holy scriptures, which are able to make thee what? Wise unto salvation through faith, which is in what? Which means the purpose of the scriptures is to make a man wise unto what? Salvation through faith that is in what? Christ Jesus. So if you read Genesis to Malachi, you will arrive at one conclusion. That salvation is by faith in who? Christ Jesus. Ah, so that means if salvation is by faith in Christ Jesus, all right, from Genesis to Malachi, it means the central theme of the scriptures is Christ Jesus and his salvation plan. Praise the Lord. So that means when I read Exodus, I must see Christ there. When I read Genesis, I must see Christ there. When I read Leviticus, I must see Christ there because the end game is Christ. Jesus said in Revelations, I am the Alpha and I am the what? Omega. I am the beginning and I am the what? The end. So I am the start and the completion. The beginning of Revelation and the end of Revelation. So to understand what God is saying, you must look at Jesus. Most of the misconceptions about God is because men study the Bible without the lens of Christ. And when you study scriptures without the lens of Christ, what you will have is a distortion. It will not be the truth. It will sound like it, but it's not the truth. Because Christ is the truth. Therefore, every single thing written must be viewed through Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
So the, the theme of scripture is salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All right. All right. Make the wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Everybody read verse 16, one to go. It says what? All scripture is given by what? The inspiration of God. The word inspiration there is theonustos. Theonustos. That word, inspiration of God, is theonustos. That is, theo is God, nustos is breathe. So he's saying all scripture is God breathe, all right, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now look at the next verse now, it says what? That the man of God, are you seeing that? That the what? The man of God, the anthropos of Theos, may be perfect, totally furnished unto all good works. So that means the instruction to the man of God is the instruction to the man in Christ who has found himself accepting salvation on the platform of who? Of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Are you seeing this? Now, the Bible is a Christocentric document. Let us look at our, our scriptures that we always look at when we mention this. John chapter 5 and verse 39. John 5, 39. It says, I can quote it, but I want us to read it. John 5, 39. Quickly, we, we have a lot of things to, and my wife said, uh, Pastor Tonani talked about me taking time last week. Everybody read. It says what? Search the scriptures. Hmm. For in them... Ye think ye have what? And they are they which testify of who? Me. So that means the scriptures testify of who? Talk to me. The scriptures testify of who? Jesus. So the testimony of the written word is Christ Jesus. Ever said this with me? The testimony of the written word is Christ Jesus. Say it again. The testimony of the written word is Christ Jesus. Look at St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 27. Search it. Hmm. That's so beautiful. Search it. Jesus told them, search it. Search it. Search it. Search the scriptures. They testify of me. So a proper, the word search there is to investigate. To what? Investigate. So a proper investigation Hallelujah. A thorough investigation of scriptures will leave everything else we fall aside and only one person will stand out. What is his name? Christ Jesus. Look at Jesus himself speaking here. All right. Let's start from verse 25 to understand the context. Jesus was walking with some disciples um, on the road to Emmaus, and they were so sad that Jesus had died. <laughs> then he said unto them, no, Jesus, because they were, oh, so sad, he had died. Or like, they said because they presumed that he was the one who was going to return the glory to Israel. Because the interpretation of the Jewish rabbis of the Old Testament scripture was that the Messiah was going to be a political figure. Don't worry. As we go through this series, I'll show you. All right? The, the interpretation of the Old Testament scripture was that the Messiah will be a political figure that will deliver Israel from the hands of the Gentiles. So when they were thinking of a Messiah, they were thinking of a David with a sword. Are you following? A David with a sword that will wage war and deliver them, then you sit on the throne. You know, when he says, thou shalt sit on the throne of your father David. <laughs> the Lord said of my Lord. Sit on. So that was their interpretation, that a warrior king who was going to wage war against human enemies. 
and bring Israel to be, you know, that was what they were expecting. So when he died, who oh, did you say Messiah has died? So it's not the Messiah because he died. Are you following? So he says, then he said unto them, whole fools and slow of heart to believe that what? Believe what? All that who, who spoke. The prophet has spoken. So then Jesus is saying, everything that happened was in the prophets, was in the scriptures. It was your interpretation of what they said that was what? Wrong. So he said, all fools and sloth are to believe all that the prophets have spoken. 26, everybody read. He says, ought not Christ to have what? Suffered these things. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter where? Into his glory. Hmm. 27. He now says, I'm beginning at what? Moses. And all the what? So that means Jesus starts at the books of Moses, then goes to all the prophets. He now says he expounded unto them. <coughs> that word their menu, that word expounded is their menu. It means their menu. All right. So the amino is dia and amino. Amino is where aminotics comes from. You know what aminotics means? Aminotics means to give what? Meaning to something. So that means Jesus, beginning at Moses, and in all the prophets, he interpreted unto them, in all the scriptures, the things concerning what? Himself. Now, why is it that Jesus had to interpret unto them, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself is because Jesus in the Old Testament scriptures was represented in typologies. Come on now. Come on now. He was represented in what? Typologies, figures of speech, and metaphors. Should I show you an example? Should I show you an example? Talk to me. Should I show you an example? Good. St. John's Gospel chapter 3. John chapter 3. And look at verse 11. He says, Very, verily I say unto thee, We speak what we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? 13. And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is where? In heaven. Verse 14. It now says what? And as Moses lifted up what? The serpent, where? In the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be what? Amen. Now, Jesus is saying, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the what? Son of Man be lifted up. So should we see where Moses lifted up the serpent to understand? Numbers 12. We are inside. Right? I mean, if you like, that, like the song we just... How many like All right. I, I didn't write it though before you think I wrote it. Somebody, you know, um, somebody wrote it, but I re I how would I I I it. it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I added some things there. Praise God. I just love it. It's a song I like that I would uh, remix or mirix. Praise God. Now Look at Numbers 28, 21. Pay attention. Verse 4. So, because when you read Numbers, 
Christ is there in what I want to show you, but the name there is not Christ. He is present there as a what? As a what? As a figure. As a typology. As a shadow. Amen? Amen? Uh-huh. Now look at it. And they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Where have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loaded this light bread. So that means they loaded manna. <laughs> and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they beat the people. And much people of Israel died. Seven. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have what? Sinned. For the wages of sin is what? Death. So that means death happened because they what? They sinned. All right? We will talk about all these God sent later. Amen? All right? So, therefore, we, the, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a what? A fiery serpent. And set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is beaten, when he looketh upon it, shall what? Shall what? Are you seeing that? And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had beaten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he did what? He what? So it is in numbers we find out that the serpent Moses lifted up was a serpent of what? Brass. Brass is a picture of what? Judgment. So the lifting up of the serpent of brass is a lifting up of the serpent as judged. Oh, glory to God. So now Jesus now says, go back to John 3. Is anyone learning already? John 3. He says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... Even so must the Son of Man be what? Eh? Even so must the Son of Man be what? Be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in him should not what? Perish, but have what? So in Old Testament, he said they should look and they will live. So in New Testament, Jesus said that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. So Jesus is saying the looking in the Old Testament is believing in the New Testament. Are you seeing that? So as they looked, they lived. As you believe on me, you will live. So that means Christ, the, the serpent, the brazen serpent, is a typology of who? Of Jesus Christ. But not just Jesus Christ, a typology of Jesus Christ where? Crucified where? On the cross. Glory to God. Because on the cross, Jesus took upon himself the judgment and the punishment of what? Of our sin. Are you seeing that? So you can now see the interpretation, the expounding unto them, the things concerning himself in the scripture. Those things were in the scripture, but in a what? In a what? Typology. Come on, is this clear? Come on, is this clear so far? Is this clear so far? All right, good. It gets, it gets better. There is a beautiful revelation in the word beginning. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. Now, 
there's something. Look at me, everybody. The greater secret you can learn from a man of God's teaching ministry is his methodology. Is what? So, you don't just look at the teaching and the explanation. You need to look at how it was arrived at. Are you following? It is understanding how it was arrived at that will now make it easier for you to study subjects yourself too. The methodology. You understand? Now look at it. In the beginning, look at Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible was written, what's the purpose? Salvation through faith in whom? Christ Jesus. Is that clear? So that means if the Bible was written and the purpose of the writing was salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, it would mean that Moses was not writing Genesis to convince people that God created the world. Are you following? It will mean, therefore, that the purpose of writing Genesis was not to tell people what God created on what day. It would mean that the purpose of writing Genesis was what? To reveal what? Salvation through faith in who? Come on, talk to me now. To reveal what? Salvation through faith in who? Christ Jesus. That's the purpose. So now let us do a word study on the word beginning. That word beginning is from the Hebrew reshit. Reshit. Not my sheet. Reshit. Amen. Can we read it? Genesis 1, 2, go. Genesis 1, 1. It says what? In the beginning, what? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Ah, wonderful. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Hmm, interesting. Now, we've done a suggestion on verse 2 and 3 before, so you know what he's saying, right? If you are coming for the first time, go and get the message. Soteriology and gospel in Genesis, he has all of those explanations there. If I start going through that, you need to waste time. Glory to God. Now, let us now do a word study on beginning. You see, because, look at it. Everybody see. Let me show you something about Bible translations. You know, there's, there are two ways to do a word study. Hmm? You can do a word study and say, oh, beginning. What is the meaning of the word in Hebrew? Is that correct? You can say, what's the meaning of the word? And you say, reshit. So you now look at your concordance. What does reshit mean? It means this. It means this. It means this. Abi? Abi? Now, another way to do it is to find in the Bible every place the word reshit appears. Are you following? Because in the Bible, in your King James Bible especially, there are places where reshit appears as beginning, but also that same word is translated another word and is the same Hebrew word. Are you following that? So when you do it that way, you will now find out the other words that can be used to, that actually mean what? Reshit. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, are you following what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So once you do that, you will have a better understanding of what that word means. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Now, let us look at it. So you see, in the beginning. Now look at the next one, beginning appears. Genesis 10 verse 10. 
Genesis 10. If you are feeling sleepy, the enemies are at work. Glory to God. Resist the enemy. Glory to God. <laughs> Did I show you how Genesis 1.26 was talking about man's dominion, the man in Christ's dominion over evil spirits? I showed you that? I showed it to you. And, but there's something I didn't show you. But hmm. I didn't show you. There's something I didn't show you. But I think we'll be look at it if time allows in this series. Genesis 10.10. It says, Reshit, beginning. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, and Akkad, and Kaoneh in the land of Shina. So this is talking about where a man's kingdom starts from. Are you following? So that means the beginning of this man's kingdom was here. So Genesis 10, 10, Reshit is translated beginning. Now look at Genesis 49 and verse 3. Look at what it says. It says, Reuben... Thou art my firstborn, my might, and the what? Beginning of my what? Strength. The excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Now, that word, Reshit, is translated beginning here, but it is used in relation to who? A firstborn. So he's saying the firstborn is what? The Reshit. The firstborn is what? The beginning. Are you following? So that means beginning here relates to what? A firstborn. Glory to God. All right? Relates to what? A firstborn. Now look at Exodus 23 and verse 19. Exodus 23 and 19. Look at what it says here. It says, The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not sit a kid in his mother's milk. Now, the word Reshit is now the English word first. So that means Reshit is beginning. All right. Reshit can also refer to what? The firstborn. Reshit can also refer to what? The first. Is this clear? Now let's continue. All right. In Leviticus 2 and verse 12. Leviticus 2 and verse 12. It says, As for the oblation of the first fruits, ye shall offer them unto the Lord, but they shall not be burnt on the altar for a sweet, sweet savour. The word first fruits is also reshit. All right? Leviticus 23 10. First fruits is also reshit. Deuteronomy 33 and 21. All right? Reshit is translated as first parts. All right? 1 Samuel 2.29, Reshit is translated as chiefest. Proverbs 4.7, where it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. The word principal is the Hebrew Reshit. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? Now, let's look at Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 10. Isaiah 46 and 10. Look at what it says quickly. He says, declaring, hold on, pay attention. He says, declaring the end from the beginning. Hallelujah. Now, let me just say this. Being able to follow a teaching is part of your Christian worship. Amen. Amen. Now, you know, in, in, in churches today, many times, what happens when you want to get people's attention, you just flow in the spirit. 
flow in the gifts of the Spirit, word of knowledge. You know, have you ever noticed in our Holy Ghost meetings, nobody, nobody, everybody's at attention, you understand? You understand? That's good. The carnal man, the natural man, and the spiritual man, we pay attention during the Holy Ghost meeting or do a miracle service. You understand? What separates the two is Bible study. Praise God. Bible study. Being able to be, pay attention and learn. It's Bible study that pays, tells the difference. Now, it says declaring the end from where? Notice. Declaring the end from where? So that means if you want to know the end of God's plan, God declared it where? At the beginning. Praise God. Praise God. So declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet what? Done. So that means from ancient times, from times past, God declared the things that are not yet done. He says, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my what? All my what? Pleasure. I will do all my pleasure. Now, if we read Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10, it is a Christ-centered prophecy. All right? It is a Christ-centered prophecy, and it's a prophecy about bringing righteousness through the kingdom of Christ. That's what he's talking about. And he's telling you that that plan to bring righteousness to the kingdom of Christ, glory to God, was God's plan from the beginning that is not yet done, as at the time this prophecy was given. Are you following? Are you following? Aha. Uh -huh. Now, now, let us now look at, because I'll come and explain all of this, because we're going to go back to Genesis 1. Now, let us now look at the word beginning in the New Testament. Colossians chapter 1 and 18. Colossians chapter number 1 and 18. Everybody would want to go. It says, and he is what? The head of the body. The church. Who is what? Who is what? What do you see next? The what? Notice we saw beginning and firstborn connected in Genesis. Come on now. I'm ever getting this. I'm ever getting this. Now, who, and he's the head of the body, the church. Who is what? The beginning. The firstborn from where? From the dead. That in all things he might have what? Preeminent. So note this. He says the beginning is a person. Oh, glory to God. And he is the head of the body, the church. Who is? Amen. Who is? Who is a person? Is that all right? Is that all right? He says, who is the beginning? Who is the beginning? All right. The firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have what? The preeminence. Glory to God. John 1 1. Hmm. Moses preached the gospel. You know that song I wrote? And we are not like Moses. Moses groping in the dark. I'm, I, I'm, I. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't see Jesus, so it's see, okay. He's groping the guy, this is Christ, so. <laughs> John 1, 1, he says what? In the beginning 
was what? Notice. He did not say in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Because John 1.1 is John's explanation, glory to God, of what? Of Genesis 1.1. Praise God. It's the same tense. It's the same form. So instead of saying in the beginning, God created, he says in the beginning was the word. So that means in the beginning was a person. So he's trying to tell you that the beginning was not about things. The beginning was what? About who? A person. So that's why it says, in the beginning was the word. Then he now tells us the word became flesh in verse 14. Glory to God. He said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was what? With God. And the word was what? Was God. Next verse. All things, you know, it, it should be in him was like, so the same, okay now, the same was where? In the beginning with God. So that means the beginning is about who? A person. The focus of the beginning is Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. He said, the same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3 now says, all things were what? So that means he talks about the person before he talks about the things. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. For in him was what? Life, and the life was the what? Light of men. Notice this. John 1 is the explanation of Genesis 1. Glory to God. So he's saying the light that God said, let there be light. He's saying that light is in who? The word. And the word is who? Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So he says in him was life and the life was the light of man. Hallelujah. And he says, and the light shined in darkness and the darkness could not what? Hold it back. Praise God. Then he now tells you there was a man sent from God. Whose name was what? John. He was not that light, but was called to bear what? Witness of that light. That was the true light. So that means every other person's ministry is to bear witness of the nature and the character of this person called who? The world. We are all witnesses of the light. Just like John. Come on, are you getting this? Are you getting this? Are you getting this? So now, if you now go back to Genesis 1, go back to Genesis 1, and verse 1. You go back to Genesis 1. So, when we say, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The beginning is who? Is who? Is, he, is who? A person. Is that correct? Church, I need you to talk to me. The beginning is a person. Is that correct? Is that correct? So, when you say in the beginning, so in the beginning is firstborn. Beginning is first. Beginning is chief. Beginning is who? Is who? The word. Right? Right? In beginning is who? Is Christ. So, you can say in Christ, glory to God, in the firstborn, God created the heaven and the earth. Hallelujah. So that means what Moses is telling us of is that he's showing, because Moses wrote this book, the book of Genesis, to the Israelites. Hallelujah. 
let me let me let me let me let me show you something. See, Moses was sent by God to go to Egypt and bring the children of Israel out. Is that correct? Is that correct? To bring them out. So it was so they were under the tyrannical rule of Pharaoh. Is that correct? So they had a Pharaoh. He was wicked. Pharaoh was uh, 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 an idol worshiper and he served and worshiped all these idolatrous gods, you know, demonic spirits. Are you following? The children of Israel were in captivity under Pharaoh's rule. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? Then God sent Moses and says, go and bring my people out so that they may what? Serve me. So exodus means to leave a place. Is that correct? Now, that act of the nation of Israel being rescued out of Egypt is what is called redemption. God redeemed the nation of Israel out of Egypt and brought them to a place. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying now? So that means the exodus of the children of Israel out of Egypt is a figure of speech. It's a typology of our exodus from another king who had delivered us from the what? Kingdom of darkness and that what? Translated us. So just like that, in the Old Testament, God delivered Israel from the kingdom of Egypt and translated them into their Canaan. Are you paying attention? Yes. So that means Exodus is, a, is the gospel message. The reason Moses penned down Exodus was to preach the gospel to who? To the Jews. So that they will say, just as God took us out of Egypt, he will take us out of sin. Just as God rescued us from the authority of Pharaoh, he will rescue us out of the authority of what? Of the devil. Just as God took us out of the kingdom of Egypt, he will rescue us out of the kingdom of what? Of darkness. Are you seeing this? Come on, are you following? So when you are reading Exodus, you are reading the gospel. Glory to God. Glory to God. So Moses now writes Genesis. And the purpose of writing Genesis was number one, to show the Israelites what God's original plan was. To show the Israelites how Adam was offered that plan and rejected it. Then to show the Israelites from the start how God began to walk through generations and families to bring men back to the original plan. Are you following are you following? So that's why he tells you about Garden of Eden. He tells you about Tree of Life. He tells you that Adam and he did what? Disobeyed. He tells you that they were now sent out of the Eden, where the Tree of Life was. Then he tells you about Canaan Abel. Then that the same offer came to Canaan Abel. Abel accepted, Cain rejected. Cain killed Abel. So the Abel that could have been used to take the place of Adam to raise a family of faith died. Are you following? Come on, are you following? Then it, it shows you that. It shows you that God was always the one reaching out. He was also always the one what? Reaching out. Always the one reaching out. Man was never the one reaching towards. God was always reaching out. God was always reaching out. Then he shows you about Abraham. 
Who? Abraham now shows up. Abraham believes. Glory to God. Then Abraham, all right, raises a seed. He shows you the covenant between, all right, the Abrahamic covenant. And he tells you that the Abrahamic covenant, glory to God, is basically an offer, an agreement to ensure God's original plan comes into what? Fulfillment. That a man on the earth, all right, unlike Adam, who rejected, that there was a man on the earth that did what? Acceptance. Are you following? Yeah. So Moses is showing them so that when they read all of that, then they read all of Exodus, then they read all of Leviticus, then they read all of Numbers and Deuteronomy. Where will they arrive at? Please, where is Messiah? Let us believe on him. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? So what did the prophets do? All the prophets did was they kept prophesying in line with Moses. When they broke the law of Moses, the prophets would prophesy. Are you following? We're talking about the covenant with your father Abraham. We call, you understand? And they just kept, and they kept talking about the branch. So you see in Isaiah chapter 45, we talked about the branch, the root of Jesse. So they kept prophesying in line. Why? Because the spirit, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of what? Of prophecy. So that means the spirit, all right, of all the prophecies of the Old Testament prophets was what? That they were bearing witness to who? Jesus. Are you paying attention? So when you see in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, Moses was towing the children of Israel of a beginning in Christ. Because he's talking about in the firstborn. He's saying in Christ, in the word. Hallelujah. God created a what? Uh, created what? The heaven and the earth. Now look at verse 2 now. It says, and the earth. It didn't say and the earth and heaven. Glory to God. So, 1-1 one, one is the plan. 1-2 is what is going on now. Are you seeing that? Are you following? So, 1-1 one, one is the plan. 1-2 is, this is what is happening now. And God, uh, look at the verse 2. And the earth was without what? Form. And what? And void. And darkness was upon what? The face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I think we've explained this one. That this is talking about peoples. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. It's a description of men who do not have what? Christ. They were empty of Christ. They were void of Christ. Hallelujah. Are you following? So that means 1-2 is showing you that 1-1 one, one has not yet happened. Huh? Ah, uh, because in the beginning is in Christ. That's why the Bible says in Revelation that I am the beginning. I am the alpha and what? The omega. The first and the last. The beginning. The what? The beginning. So that means Jesus is saying, hey, I am the beginning that you have been reading about. By me, all things consist. Glory to God. Glory to God. So in the beginning, it's in me. It's in me. So when he says in the beginning, God created, he's saying in Christ, God is doing a new thing. In Christ, God is making a new heaven and a what? A new earth. Because the old one was void. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon what? The face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, and God said what? So now, God is now showing you how the new beginning is going to happen. All right? How the earth and the heaven will be created in Christ. How? Light. And God said, let there be light. 
and there was light. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6 shows us that the light here is the light of what? Of the gospel. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians 4 and 6, look at what he says. He says quickly, For God, who commanded what? The light to shine out of what? Darkness. Assigned where? Are you seeing the, the way they apply, applied Genesis? You see it? Says applied. It says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, had shined in our hearts. Now, it means the darkness too was where? Immense hearts. Where was the darkness? Immense hearts. So it says, had shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of who? So that means the light is the is the knowledge of God, of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of what? Of Jesus Christ. So when he says, and God saw, said, let there be light, and there was light. What he's saying is that God released the knowledge of the glory of God in what? In the face of Jesus Christ. The release of the, uh, of the knowledge of the glory of, uh, of God in the face of Jesus Christ brought about what? A new heaven and a new earth. A new creation. Let me show you something. Hallelujah. Isaiah. There's a reason why this meeting is mostly... Um, <laughs> The earth shall be filled. I think it's Isaiah 46. Just a moment. Isaiah 11. Pay attention. And verse 1. Are you with me? How many of you have followed this teaching so far? You, you followed so far. I, you, must, you have questions, I know. All right? But how many of you have followed so far? Let me see your hand. Just put it up. Now look at Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, pay attention. Notice what we've just established. We've explained the light. And the light is the knowledge of the glory of God in what? The faith. Is this clear? Now listen. Look at Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. It says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now, who is the rod, that, uh, who is the rod out of the stem of Jesse? It's Christ. He says, And a branch shall grow out of his roots. He says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. That's the seven spirits of God. And shall make him of what? Quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall what? Not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither shall refuse after the hearing of his ears. Verse 4, everybody read. It says, But with righteousness shall he what? Judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be what? The ghetto of his loins, and faithfulness the ghetto of his reins. Are you seeing this? So that means this is talking about the king of righteousness, the prince of peace. Glory to God. Glory to God. He now says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall leave them, and the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young world shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. That means that there will be no, no more death. 
There will be no what? No more death. No more killing. Glory to God. Because this is the reign of the Prince of Peace. Now, and the suckling side shall play on the whole of the harps, and the wind child shall put his hand on the cockatrice then. They shall not, listen verse 8, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. Why? For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. What is he talking about? The light in Genesis. You see this? Come on, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? Now, why is this important? It is important because if we understand that the purpose of creation was for all men to be found in Christ, then we know where to exert our energies. Because God is only going to reward according to his purpose. He will reward according to what? His plans. Glory to God. Now, if we know that God's plan, glory to God, was to create a new heaven and earth in Christ Jesus, it would mean that we would know what to call the work of God and what not to call the work of God. Glory to God. It means we will realize that death is not the work of God. Are you following because in the new heaven and the new earth, there will be no death. Are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? So, for example, someone dies. Don't you ever say God took him in death. No, 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 no. Death belongs to the fallen world. Death belongs to this, you understand, the way this world is. Amen? Is there... A plan in Christ for death. Yes. The man who dies in Christ doesn't really die. He sleeps. Amen. He what? You will see him again. Listen to me. If you have lost anybody through death, you never lost them. You will see them again. Glory to God. You will what? You will see them again. We, are, we belong to a tribe. They never die gang. Hallelujah. That's us. You will see them again. When you leave your body, you're going to... See, that is why the teaching of eternal salvation, you cannot be joking with that. Because we have no other assurance as believers than a life with Jesus after we live here. Praise God. So if salvation is not sure, let us pack our bag and be going. There's no point. Praise God. There's no point. Glory to God. Christ is the beginning. Glory to God. Look at Revelations and I'll close here because of time. So this first, first part is, I call it small chops. Praise God. So this one is small chops. How many of you like the small chops? Eh? You know what I found? Some people will be saying, ah, yeah. Do you understand? Ah, yes, Pastor. Yeah, so yeah, explain what you learned. Uh, you see, the beginning, the beginning, right? The beginning was where God started it. <laughs> you know, that's why, for example, I'm having several meetings with my, with some, remember, um, Canada and America church. After I finish teaching, I always tell them, yeah, tell me what I said again. Take it from the beginning. And they always do, they always do, because they listen and pay attention. 
Now listen. Look at Revelations. Revelation chapter 1 verse 8. Hey! Have you ever wondered where Paul got... Listen. Where did you think... Have you ever wondered where God new creation from? How many of you have wondered where Paul got new creation from? Now listen to me. Paul, the writings in the epistles, they were not, Paul did not create them all. Amen? Amen. He didn't create it all. See, the writings in the epistles are the explanations of the of Genesis to Malachi. He didn't create anything. Listen, if Paul had created something new that was not written in the Old Testament, the apostles would have kicked him out. Because that is philosophy of men. Are you following? It's philosophy of men. What Paul did was, he took the Old Testament. Then he, you understand? He, you get... Via revelation, the spirit of God. That is why it says, all right, I went up by revelation. Oh, by revelation. Glory to God. He said, I was not taught it, but by the revelation. So revelation, there's apocalypsis. It means to take the veil away from someone's eyes. So he's saying, when you read the Old Testament, there is a veil on your eyes. Just like there's a veil on your eyes when you see brazen serpents. Are you following? So just as there's a, bra- there's a veil on your eye when you see Jonah in the whale. Belly of the fish. Just like there's a veil on your eyes. When you see the sin offering, when you see the burnt offering, there's a veil on your eyes. But the moment you come to Christ, the veil is taken away because you now begin to see that Jonah in the way, belly of the whale is Christ in the, in the womb of the earth. You now begin to see that the brazen serpent is Christ where? On the cross. Are you paying attention? You now begin to see that. So that was what Paul did. That was what God used Paul to do. God used Paul to show that, ha, see behind the veil. See what? Behind the veil. Behind the veil is the beginning. Behind the veil is Christ. So when they take the veil off, you now see, ha, hallelujah, hallelujah. So Moses took the children of Israel out of Egypt, but in Christ, Christ is the one that takes us out of sin. Moses took the children of Israel out of Egypt, but Christ is the one that takes us out of the kingdom of darkness. So Moses brought Exodus to the Israelites. Christ is our Exodus from darkness. Are you seeing this? Moses instituted sin offering. Christ is our sin offering. Moses instituted burnt offering. Christ is our what? Burnt offering. Moses instituted trespass offering. Christ is our what? Trespass offering. It is only when the veil is taken out that you oh. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. If not, we will not be carrying, you know. Now I was telling some, some, some Christians that on Sunday morning, they will carry sugar cane to church. They will carry purple to church. They will carry orange to church to pray. Do you know that that's how some people pray? In the New Testament, purple, orange, sugar cane. Listen to me, everybody. It can be you. If you don't have a proper understanding of the word, somebody can deceive you to be carrying pankere and tangerine and this thing around to begin to say, Father, Lord, as this sugar cane is sweet, sweet in my life. Father, Lord, look at the corn. Look at this corn. As this corn has plenty seed, give me children. Plenty children. And you pray like an abalist. 
Glory to God. So if you don't see Christ, if you don't, if the veil is not taken off your eyes, that is what you're going to do. Or you fall for pastors that say, sister, you see, I want to minister the anointing to you. But you see, to minister the anointing to you, flesh must come in contact with flesh. Then you see, minister to me, O man of God. You see, listen, you are laughing now. Let me tell you something. I've been pastoring for a while, a short while. And I've tell you something, I've been shocked by people that have heard these things that you are hearing, who have been done stupid things. So I found out that, all right, it is not enough to hear. It is enough to hear and hear until you understand. Praise God. That's why we always teach you. So that if by mistake, maybe we miss the spirit and invite someone. And in answer, the spirit of God is telling me, everybody go and meet sugar cane. You say, ah, we are in Ikea. No, we don't do that here. Sorry, sir. You understand what I'm saying? Praise God. Yes. There's the spirit of God. No, spirit of God didn't tell you. You said. Amen. We, we do lay none of hands here. Prophecy here. Hallelujah. We don't need to see the medium to know that Holy Ghost is there. Glory to God. Look at Revelations. Everybody read. He says what? I am what? Alpha and what? Omega. The what? The so what basically he's saying in scripture, God, God is just saying, I am Genesis to Malachi. I am what? I am Genesis to what? To Malachi. I am the beginning of the book and the end of it. Amen. Said the Lord, which is, glory to God, which was, so notice, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. hallelujah, Wait. which is, what is which is, now, that is, which is, that is what is written, glory to God, which was incarnation, because which was speaks of who he was when he was on the earth, because we do not know Christ after the flesh. We knew him after the flesh. But now he's resurrected. Glory to God. Glory to God. So which was? The answer says which is to come because he is still coming back again. Hallelujah. Are you seeing this? So in the beginning, in Genesis, he's not saying, it's not actually because I've taught it that, you know, and I will still teach it that way sometimes. I will teach it with respect to time. You understand? We have some leeway in preaching. Glory to God. Give <laughs> somebody. We have some leeway in preaching. But in the beginning, it's a person. His name is Jesus Christ. Lift up your hands and worship God. Come on, just worship God. Amen. Rise up on your feet. There's an atmosphere of the Spirit surrounding men of the Spirit. There's a cloud of His glory created by men of the Spirit. We are inside right now. We are inside. You have just listened to a message by Rev. Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikiacc.org. Remain blessed.